What's up, everyone? Dustin Bass here with just a quick little request. If you enjoy our podcast, could you do us a huge favor and leave us a rating and a review? The reason we ask you to do that is because when we get more ratings and reviews, more people are able to find the show. So if you're enjoying the content that we're putting out, we would greatly appreciate if you helped spread the word. So leave us a rating, leave us a review on whatever podcast platform you're listening to. Thanks so much. And let's get on with the show. Howdy do, everyone. It is Battle of San Jacinto Day. It is April 21st. We are releasing the second part of the discussion with Dr. Stephen Harden. I'm Dustin Bass. And I'm Alan Joaquin. And we're the Sons of History. Ladies and gentlemen, we hope that you enjoyed part one uh, that came out yesterday. Now, we've never done this before. We've never released two episodes in the same week. Um or at least within 24 hours. So, but we're doing it this time because it's Texas Revolution Week. So, uh, in order to celebrate, we brought the man on the show. The guy who knows about Texas. And that is Dr. Stephen Harden. So, this is part two. Remember, he has written six books. You can check out his stuff at stephenlharden.com. That's P-H-E-N, and then his last name is H-A-R-D-I-N. Now, he was also a consultant on the movie The Alamo, not the one with John Wayne, but the one with Dennis Quaid and Billy Bob Thornton. So, check that out as well. It's a fun movie. And without further ado, Alan, are we ready to start that conversation? Let's begin. So, after after The Alamo, um, you know, your book really... um, paints a picture of soldiers, um, well, militiamen really wanted to go and just avenge, you know, the the Alamo, avenge uh, the massacre at Goliad, Goliad yeah. and just really take it to Santa Ana. Sam Houston fought that idea tooth and nail to the chagrin of almost, in your book, it almost seems like there were way more who were against Sam Houston's decisions, at least in the long term, than for it. Um, but yeah, I think that's safe to say. Uh, uh, Sam Houston was uh, was an unpopular commander. Yeah, uh, and uh, you know the thing, and and if if I were to rewrite that book, and and you know that book came out in '94. It's probably time for a second edition. I would I would expand on this somewhat because uh, I believe I have a better inkling of of what Sam Houston was thinking during the campaign. Okay, yeah, we'd love to hear that. Like, what what was he thinking? Well, uh, in 1845. Uh, he was talking to a group of people in his namesake city in Houston, Texas. And uh, he was remarkably forthcoming on that occasion. Now, what he was unaware of is that there was a young man in the audience who knew how to take shorthand. Now, this used to be a thing that You'd learn in school uh, if you were uh, if you wanted to be a secretary. Do, do either of you know what shorthand is? 
Yeah, I know what shorthand is. I, I shorthand dictation. Right. Okay. Right, like well, a court, yeah, yeah. like a court reporter might do. Exactly. Or, yeah. Exactly. It's it's a it's a very specialized skill. But anyway, this young man was able to take down a verbatim transcript of of Houston's speech in shorthand, and of course later he wrote it out. And, you know. So uh, what Houston said on that occasion is the following. When I was at Gonzales, now he arrives in Gonzales on March the 12th, okay, having ridden there from Washington up on the Brazos, the town of Washington. And what he says in 1845, I made the determination in Gonzales to get as close to Andrew Jackson and the old flag as I could. So he made that determination in Gonzales. Now what he knows that the rank and file do not know is that the general Edmund Pendleton Gaines is, is commanding uh, the American fort in Louisiana called Fort Jessup. It's right across uh, there on the Sabine. It's a border fort. And Houston is in communications with General Gaines. And Gaines, presumably, is in communication with President Andrew Jackson. Now, what you need to remember about President Andrew Jackson is that he is an expansionist. He would like to have Texas, but he would also like to have Texas without an international incident. So his instructions to Gaines are, if the Mexicans cross the Neches River, not the Nueces in South Texas, but the Neches in uh, East Texas, that's our Yalu River, if you will. Hmm. We, we will not tolerate a Mexican army on our border, not even close. So if the Mexicans cross the Neches, you cross the Sabine and engage them. Wow. Okay. Houston knows that. So he, very early on, adopts what I've come to call the American strategy. I will march the army into East Texas. I will encourage Santana and the Mexicans to follow me. I will try to lure them across the Neches at which point that triggers American involvement, uh, I think we can safely say that an American army would have beaten a Mexican army in East Texas that far from their bases uh, with their lines of communication stretched that far. So uh, uh, that, I think, is... Is, is Houston's plan. Now, what Houston knows, what he absolutely knows, is that he's vastly outnumbered by 
by the Mexicans. Uh, what he knows, absolutely knows, is that his army is ill-trained and ill-disciplined. And let's uh, try to be as, as fair as we can uh, to Houston and concede, you know, that's not a bad plan, really. But what you have to remember is that the reason Sam Houston came to Texas in the first place, he had one goal, and that was to wrest Texas away from Mexico and present it to his old mentor, Andrew Jackson, you know, with a, with a bow on top, you know. He wants to do this for Jackson. You know, he wants to he wants Texas in the union. That's that's his ultimate goal. And the best way to do that is is, is again the American strategy. Now, to do that, <laughs> he is going to have to abandon all of the settled well, not all of the settled regions, but most of the settled Anglo regions, all the American settlements, uh, he, he's going to have to abandon that to the enemy, and that means to the torch. And quite understandably, many of the men in his army don't want to sacrifice everything they've spent 15 years building here in Texas. They, they, they think it's worth fighting for for our audience, this is known as the runaway scrape. So, uh, and and also, Houston, he tells a few people what he's up to, but he, he never shares this with the rank and file. So all they can see is this is a general who, who, who seems to want to do nothing but run. You know, I, I have to tell you that this kind of blows away everything that I thought of, because I was under the assumption that Sam Houston was using a Fabian strategy. He knew he couldn't beat Santa Ana at that point. He did the runaway scrape because that's what they did to uh, the Napoleon of the East because Santa Ana was the Napoleon of the West. So I know they did that they they did that in Russia with success against Napoleon. And um, well and and the reason you think that is because that is what he said after the fact, oh, yeah, this was my plan all along. Sure, yeah, that's the ticket. I, I lured him into the swamps. You know, as late as noon on April 21st, he had, a, he had an officer's meeting, and he says, guys, you know what? It's not too late to build a, a floating bridge across Buffalo Bayou, we could retreat into East Texas. And all the people look at him and said, Sam, have you lost your mind? We're here. Santana's here. We're not going to get more men than, than the men we have now. Uh, he still has the bulk of his army down near Fort Bend. They can march up at any time. We've got to fight this battle now. 
And you know what he told them? Quote, fight then and be damned. Right. Yeah, I remember that. Now, this this does not sound to me Mm -hmm. like a man who is committed to battle. Right. Now, and why is that? Because he realizes that a battle fought there does not satisfy his political objection, uh, objectives. A battle at San Jacinto, even if it's a victory, doesn't, doesn't get uh, Texas into the Union because that battle would be a Texas victory. What Sam Houston wants is an American victory because he knows if once uh, uh, Americans are engaged, once they have some skin in the game, they'll get behind the idea of bringing Texas into the Union. Now, you say, okay, Steve, what about, what about all the abolitionists? Well, he's not discounting the abolitionists. He's just realizing that, uh, that you know, victory, <laughs> victory brings a lot of benefits. And uh, you know what? I'm, I'm not it, – it's, it's, all of this is counterfactual. It's hard to speculate what might have happened. But I suspect if, if, if that American uh, strategy had played out, uh, annexation would have taken place a lot sooner, uh, maybe within six months, not the 10 years it, it took. Because, because the victory at San Jacinto was, was a Texas victory. It wasn't an American victory. Now, do you think that that played, in, like the battle at San Jacinto um, and Sam Houston's reaction to it because he's under the impression, at least at the beginning, that Santa Ana had escaped. And he is, you know, according to your book, like he is livid, he's distraught um, because he sees it as a waste because now they won this victory, but, you know, they have nothing to show for it because he wants Texas. Do you think that that, um, because this sort of like pulls it all together with what you're saying is like his idea was bring America in and that would take care of the whole annexation situation. That, 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 that solves a lot of problems. If, if, if the United States just gets involved, but they don't. And I guess he probably felt like his, his own men ruined his plan when he realizes he can't find. Oh, absolutely. When, when, well, and and this is something that uh, that is not widely known because people haven't read Coleman Houston displayed because there's there's a very famous episode during the uh, San Jacinto campaign. The army is marching eastward after having uh, camped uh, across from Gross's plantation. But, but uh, they're marching eastward, and, and they're coming to some forks in the road. And the southern fork uh, runs down to Harrisburg and the enemy. The other fork runs up toward Nacogdoches. Now, Sam Houston, 
would like to take the Northern Fork because remember what he concluded, you know, I got to get as close to Sam or, or Andrew Jackson on the old flags I can. Uh, he he would very much like to to turn northward and march up into the Piney Woods. Mm-hmm. The night before, they're 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 camped at a on a plantation called McCarley's, and uh, Thomas Jefferson Rusk, who is riding with the army, he is the interim Secretary of War. He actually outranks Houston as Secretary of War. And he goes to, to Houston's tent and he says, uh, look, Sam, I'm your friend and I've backed you. But tomorrow, this army is turning south and we're marching toward Harrisburg. And I know that's not what you want to do, but... Uh, but I'm going to overrule you on this. Now, remember, Coleman, who's writing this book, or this pamphlet, is Houston's aide-de-camp. Houston tells him, you go tell the company commanders that tomorrow we're turning at the, uh, at the, the forks of, in the road. And that we do so against my better judgment, but I've been overruled. And uh, I missed that back in 94. And again, if I were to revise Iliad, this, this, this is an important episode. Because if Coleman is right, and by the way, Coleman was corroborated by Sidney Sherman, who said, yeah, I, I remember that this was this was a rest call. Now, if that's the truth, and I believe it is, it was not General Sam Houston who, who made the most important command decision of the San Jacinto campaign. It was Thomas Jefferson Rusk, who never gets any credit for it. No, he doesn't. No. He doesn't. Because because whoever reads Houston displayed, uh, you know, it's 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 very rare, and I'm hoping this new edition will will alert people to the importance of of Rusk in that decision. Because I mean that, you know, if 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 he hadn't, and I, you know, in in Iliad, I suggest that the army spontaneously made this decision. Mm-hmm. Uh, because a lot of uh, a lot of the rank and file thought that they had, but but they didn't. That decision was made the night before. Yeah, that's I remember reading that part yeah. where. And and I always thought, and at the time I thought it was weird because uh, Sam Houston was riding at the rear of the column when the army got to the forks of the road, and mm-hmm. I think, well, why why is this alpha personality, hard charging guy, why isn't he on his white horse riding at the? Well, he he's he's riding toward the back because because he's sulking. He's you know his plan, what he's worked for since he arrived in Texas, he sees his American strategy unraveling. Yeah. 
Now he he continued. No, so well, 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 Steve, what what's your evidence that he wanted to turn north? Now remember when in Iliad when I talk about the incident with Pamela Mann uh, collecting her oxen. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, after they turn south, when they're marching to Harrisburg. Pamela Mann had loaned the army her oxen to haul the the twin sisters. And she rides up very indignant and she says, Houston, you told me a damn lie. Because these were valuable animals. Mm -hmm. She doesn't want them killed or captured in a battle. And she says, you told me you were taking my oxen to Nacogdoches away from the enemy. And now I know different and I want them back. And he says, well, you can't have them. I need, need them to haul my oxen. She said, no, I'm taking them. She whips out a butcher knife, cuts them from their traces and, and, and goes off with them. Mm-hmm. Now he had told her, I'm marching. I'm going to no, no, don't worry about your oxen because I'm I'm, I'm taking them to Nacogdoches. I'm taking them. Uh, I'm I'm taking them to the Sabine. I'm taking them across the Natchez. You don't have to worry about that. And when she hears differently, she goes and says, "No, you're 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 taking them. You're putting my oxen in harm's way. So I'm taking them back." Somebody showed up, right? You know, like well, I'm going to go get those oxen back, and he came back later that night. Like his shirt cut to ribbons. Yeah, realized, that was that was yeah, Conrad. That was Rohr. so funny. Yeah, uh, that, that is a funny story, isn't it? Yeah. And funny, uh, ladies and gentlemen, like the twin sisters, those were the two cannons that were with uh, the Texas revolutionaries. Um, I want to say they were eighteen pounders, correct? Oh no, no. Uh, in fact, uh, we used to think they were six pounders, but best evidence now is that they were four pounders. Oh wow. Uh, okay. But 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 these were two cannon that were. Uh, gifts of uh, the citizens of uh, Cincinnati. Hmm. Oh, interesting. Wow. Okay. Wow. So That's the battle cool. takes place. It's in the afternoon when the Mexicans are having their little siesta. And well, now let's talk about that. Oh, okay. You know, you know <laughs> what you're doing. Do you know what you're doing to me? You are telling me that George Washington did not win in Yorktown. Uh, he didn't want to fight. Uh, you're telling me that Jesus was not the Christ. <laughs> you're ruining everything that I grew up learning. <laughs> it's all no, coming full circle. Uh, yeah. Well, now this is this is what we like to say here in Texas that the reason we. We won at San Jacinto is because the Mexicans were taking a siesta. Here's what really happened. Here's what really happened. Sam or, or Santana had been down on the coast at, at New Washington uh, the day before, and uh, he had uh, marched up that morning. Now this is the this is. April 21st, and he is surprised by the Texian army, who he thinks uh, is is still back at Gross's plantation. He has no idea that, that the Texian army has marched up behind him. He's cut off 
And so what he does is, is he he falls back. They they skirmish there on the afternoon of the twentieth, and he sends couriers down to Fort Bend because and and here here is another myth that we keep repeating because we keep saying that Sam Houston and the Texians defeated the Mexican army. The Mexican army at San Jacinto. That they did not do. Uh, uh, remember that uh, Santana was trying to capture the the uh, Texian government. So he he cut himself off from the bulk of his army and 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 marched out with a, a small detachment. Now it was that small detachment that that Houston surprised there on the banks of Buffalo Bayou and the San Jacinto River, and uh, Santana knows that he's outnumbered, so he says, "Yeah, get cost, get up here with as many guys as you as you can." So uh, he he expects a night attack. It doesn't come. Uh, he expects, uh, and okay, now, so this is on the 20th. So he's been up uh, 24 hours now, you know, erecting barricades and whatnot. Koss actually arrives on the field with reinforcements about nine o'clock this morning, uh, the next morning. Now, this is April the 21st. He expects uh, the Texans to, to attack. In the night, they don't. He expects them to attack at dawn. Uh, they don't. Uh, he maybe expects an attack around noon. It doesn't come. So by 4.30, he has been up now for, and, and his soldiers have been up now for, what, 36 hours uh, Koss's soldiers have marched all night to get to the battlefield. They're exhausted. And his uh, his officers come to him and he says, Look, Your Excellency, our men are dead on their on their feet. Uh, and if 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 the rebels haven't attacked by now, they 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 probably aren't going to can't for god's sake can can we let our men stand down and he said yeah yeah I, you're right I, I, they who who in their right mind launches an attack at 4 30 in the afternoon because you, you know it's it's axiomatic in military history that you want to launch an attack at first light, so you have all all day to fight your battle. But nobody launches an attack at at, at four thirty, and and remember, this isn't daylight saving time. Uh, the, the long shadows of afternoon are, are beginning to fall across the fields. So, you know, to say, well, you know, the Mexicans took a siesta. No, mm -hmm. these men were exhausted. Yeah. Now, now, it does have a role to play in the battle, because if you've ever been 
super tired. I mean, maybe you've been all up, up all night cramming for an exam or something, and you finally get to sleep, and you're deep into REM sleep, and some idiot rings the doorbell or, or, or calls you, and, and how disoriented you are when you're that exhausted. These men were that exhausted, and they, were, they had just gotten into to serious REM sleep when all these screaming Texans yeah. start running through their camp. And literally, literally, some of these guys are still in their bedrolls when, when, when the Texans breach their lives. Right. So that's, that's a, a, a big component in the battle. But, but to say that the reasons the Texans won is because the Mexicans were taking a siesta is more than a little condescending, and it's wrong. Boom. Take that, Alan. All right. I... <laughs> so here, here's the thing. It, seemed to, it seems to me, after I got through reading your book, that um, the Texian army— oh, but, but, but let me, let me say, generations, <laughs> generations of Texas schoolchildren have been taught that. Right. Yeah, and you know, so and, I mean, and, and I, not, I have too. I've, I've, I, yeah, if course, I hadn't read your I book, know, then it would have been the well, same exact. I read your, I read yeah, your book you read in the nineties. Yeah, I read it in the nineties. Yeah, I, read it in the 90s, I so. just got through okay. reading it actually this past week. Uh-huh. Um, so it's real fresh in my I, memory. I, I do remember the part of where they were at the fork in the road, and that's yeah. why that's why yeah. I w- wanted right. to ask him about whether. Uh, Sam Houston wanted that, to actually fight him there, or was he compelled to by his right. man? He was. He, he yeah. Uh, Thomas Jefferson Ross made that decision. Okay. So I I was gonna say like according to your book because you have it mapped out you have a, a map of of the Battle of San Jacinto as far as it seems like the Texian army had the ultimate element of surprise because like you said. Santa Ana was under the impression that, okay, we have now, right now, we have fewer men than the Texians. So they're definitely going to attack, and it should be at you know a night attack. Okay, maybe it's going to be an early morning, noon, and then all of a sudden he's thinking, now that Koss's um, contingent is there with him, now we have more soldiers than they do. There's no way that they're going to attack. So it makes perfect sense that they would be like it would be a suicide attempt almost to yeah. come in and try to do that but not only that but there was that ridge in the middle of that field that let the texian army come up really close before ever even possibly getting seen correct that that's right and 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 frankly that it's not so much a ridge line as a basin there is a there is a sinkhole on the battlefield. And next time I'm, I'm over your way, we'll, we'll go to the battle there we go. battlefield yeah. and, and we can walk this together. But we can start at the Texian camp and we can walk down almost immediately after they leave the, the oak grove that, that was the Texian campsite. The, the army marches in to this... Uh, well, it's a basin. It's it, it is it's a sinky down place, a basin, right? And they uh, are protected as long as they're in it, and they're in it for a long time. But but Houston knows that when they come up out of it, uh, they're they're about uh, 
oh, probably 150 yards from, from the Mexican breastworks there. Uh, they're within rifle range, but, uh, and he talks about this in his post-battle reports to, uh, to President Burnett, because they're marching in, uh, in line, uh, approaching. And then uh, when, when they come up out of this basin, they immediately form into battle line. By, by doing a column left. And, and the, the twin sisters are in the middle. The, the, uh, Lamar's cavalry is on the far right. And he, he, he has emphasized to his men, look, we have, we have got to form this battle line as quickly as possible because we're going to, once we get out of this hole, we're going to immediately be vulnerable and they're going to see us. Now, the thing is, they didn't, because even when they came out of of the basin, and and they did, and let's give credit where credit is due. Uh, although they weren't trained soldiers, they they formed into battle line very quickly, and even uh, Houston commends them for how quickly they formed into battle line. But another thing we've got going for us is the high grass on the battlefield uh, because even after they climbed out of the basin, it seems that, you know, the, the, the grass protected them from, from view. And remember most of the Mexican soldiers, most of the Mexican soldados have, uh, have fallen asleep by now. Now, uh, uh, Santana is often criticized for, for not posting guards or, or lookouts. Well, he did. He did. And uh, eventually these lookouts um, did see the Texians coming and gave the the alert. And uh, if you read uh, uh, Santana's uh, account, he, he talks about, he, he throws together a column to, uh, well, block the advance. And uh, these guys are almost immediately sacrificed because the entire line opens up on them. Uh, now, again, uh, this is not something I talk about in Iliad because I didn't know about it in, in 1994, but I know about it now. And uh, this is a, an episode in the battle that, that very few people have ever documented. But there was a, a kind of a, a, an entire Mexican column that marched out of the barricades in an attempt to, to stymie the, the Texian uh, assault. Uh, so... Uh, did the did the Texans surprise the Mexicans at San Jacinto? Yes, they did. Was the surprise absolute? No, no, it wasn't. And you've got uh, you've got several of the Texian accounts talking about uh, the level of fire coming from the Mexican line. So that would that would tend to dispel. Uh, you know, the, the total surprise narrative 
uh, yes, it was surprise, but it wasn't total surprise. And uh, by the by the time that the Texians charged the Mexican barricades, they they thought, well, you know, these guys are shooting at us, and the best way we can uh, stop that is to close with them and uh, kill them. <laughs> Would you say that uh, Sam Houston made the right decision on not executing Santa Ana? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, Now, now let me, uh, yes, that was Sam Houston's decision, but it was also a a decision uh, endorsed by President David G. Burnett. So it it, it wasn't exclusively uh, Houston's decision, but, Mm -hmm. but he was politician enough to realize that uh, dead uh, Santana is no more use than the, you know, dead Mexican soldiers that are floating in Peggy Lake. Mm-hmm. Uh, but alive, alive, he he might prove to be a uh, a powerful diplomatic card to play. We haven't talked about the treaties of Velasco yet, but that's made clear if you look at what's. Well, we'll Let's definitely, I mean, we'll definitely get to that, um, due to, due to time, we're yeah. going to have to bring the, the, sh- uh, show to a close. Uh, I, I, what um, I would like to do is just, in the future, um, if we can have you back, because we would like to talk about how a lot of this led to the Mexican American war. Oh, sure. Absolutely. It okay. did. Yeah. yeah. Cause yeah. there's yeah. so much to have cover. that conversation yeah. too. Cause yeah. that's a war that myself included. A lot of people don't know much about mm-hmm. so well there's a lot to know there's a lot to know and and you know what there there's a couple of problems with the, with that war one people uh either don't know about it at all i'm constantly having my students confuse that with the spanish-american war oh god really <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Really. Well, what we're going to have to do, uh, then... but 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 what people do say about it, they says, "Well, yeah, that war was a dress rehearsal for for the American Civil War," hmm. and and it was. But it's also important in its own right, and and has to be understood within the context of its own time and its own place. Yeah. So you know, just to kind of dismiss it as, yeah, it, it's it's just you know, a dress rehearsal for the Civil War, that's, uh, that misses the mark considerably. Mm-hmm. So Santa Ana is captured, and he writes, and, and they they fill out a, 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 the Treaty of Velasco. What, uh, tell our audience what the Treaty of Velasco was. Well, it's plural, because <laughs> it, there's more than one treaty. It's, it's the treaties of Velasco. And there is one public treaty that's for public consumption. And there is another secret treaty that we don't talk about uh, until we know that the public treaty is, is going to work. Uh, but the public treaty specified that well, number one, uh, hostilities will cease, and uh, Santana has to pledge that he will never again take up arms against Texas. 
also that Mexican forces would retire to a point south of the Rio Grande and that the uh, Mexicans would return all Texian pro uh, property that they had confiscated. Now, this would include, of course, human property. I mean, we're talking slaves. Uh, the belligerents would exchange prisoners on an equal basis, and officials of the Republic of Texas would return Santana to Mexico with all convenient speed. And finally, uh, the Texian army would not approach closer than five leagues to the retreating Mexican army, which, of course, is marching southward uh, toward the, the Rio Grande. So we'd have a demilitarized now, zone. Uh, that, 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 that's right. Okay. That's, yes. In fact, uh, interesting anecdote there. Uh, a lot of when, when, the, when the Mexican army retires, uh, they, they take a lot of slaves with them. Uh, and a lot of slaves want to go with them. And uh, Juan Seguin uh, pursues them. And he, he gets closer within five leagues. And uh, General Fiasola uh, sends him a message. And he says, hey, boy, you're, you're pushing us. And uh, don't, don't do that or we'll, we'll fight you. And uh, Seguin says, perhaps disingenuously, oh, no, 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 you're, I, you misunderstand me. I'm just rounding up runaway slaves. I'm not, you know, we're not pursuing you. No, go, go, go in peace. So uh, that, that's, that's a different wrinkle. Now, that that I've, that I've just outlined, that's the public treaty. But there's a secret treaty, too. Now, what does the secret treaty say? Well, it, by the terms of the secret treaty, the Texas government assures the immediate release of Santana with the understanding that he attempts to procure acknowledgement of Texas independence from the Mexican government. Now, this is another one of those fallacies that we grow up hearing that Sam Houston and the Texian army secured one Texas independence at San Jacinto. No, they didn't. Because, you know, like Yorktown, after Yorktown, you have the Treaty of Paris, where Great Britain acknowledges the independence of the United States. You don't have that after San Jacinto. The Republic of Mexico never recognizes the independence of the Republic of Texas. Do you, do you know do you know when when uh, Mexico finally 
finally gives up on taxes. Eighteen forty. The Treaty of yeah, the Treaty of Guadalupe Hidalgo in eighteen forty eight, and I promise you, that has a lot more to do with the fact that Winfield Scott and an American army is occupying Mexico City. Has nothing to do with a victory that happened twelve years before on Buffalo Bayou. So, so we Texans really kind of overstate that, you know. But at any rate, back, back to the to the treaties of of Velasco, the secret treaty of Velasco. Uh, Santana has to swear uh, never again to make war on Texas, and uh, Santana orders uh, the withdrawal of, of Mexican troops from Texas. And uh, Santana would work to have uh, the Mexican cabinet receive a uh, Texas mission favorably. So already, already before, almost before the smoke clears, uh, the Texans are thinking about a business relationship with Mexico. And finally, uh, Santana would work for a treaty of commerce and limits specifying that the Texas boundary uh, not lie south of the Rio Grande. So, and 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 why this is so important is because uh, the Rio Grande in 1836 is not the boundary of Texas. Uh, it's not. It's not even a state boundary. That's the Nueces River that separates. Uh, the Mexican state of uh, Tampalipas and uh, Coahuila uh, from the Mexican state of Tejas. But this is the first time anybody has mentioned the Rio Grande as a boundary, but uh, the Texians are insistent on that buffer. Now, whether we're talking about the public treaty of Alaska or the secret treaty, of Alaska is sort of a moot point because the Mexican Congress says we're 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 not we're not going to treat with rebels. You know, there's we don't negotiate with terrorists basically is their policy. So again, it's important to understand that Mexico never recognizes the independence of the Republic of Texas during its entire 10-year existence. Hmm. And and that is why um, Texans are, uh, well, a little paranoid. With Well, they're not paranoid. I mean, if, if, if somebody's really out to get you, you're not paranoid, right? Right. Um, and and uh, there are, in 1842, uh, two Mexican army forays into Texas, uh, to uh, reinforce their claim on on Texas, and the Mexican attitude is that uh, yes, uh, this this was an unfortunate circumstance, uh, but Tejas is still ours. Uh, it is a a a province that is occupied by a bunch of rebels. Uh, that much is true, but someday uh, somehow when conditions permit, uh, we're going to take that back. It's ours. Uh, and uh, this so-called Republic of Texas, we don't, we don't 
recognize it. It's 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 kind of it's kind of like the American position that we had for so many years. Uh, Red China doesn't exist. Taiwan exists. You know that's that's the real China. It's it's in both cases it's kind of ridiculous. <laughs> right. But uh, but yeah, that's that's the formal. Uh, that's the official line uh, from Mexico City. So did Texians win their independence at San Jacinto? No. What they won was uh, a breathing space because the sad fact was, well, it's a sad fact uh, if you're a Mexican, it's a glorious fact if you're a Texan, that uh, the Mexican nation was just so uh, torn by discord and dissension that that they couldn't muster an, uh, an another uh, offensive against Texas. These small border forays were were the best they could do, and we couldn't even stop those. You know hmm. that that is why that is the chief reason Texans were so desperate to, to be taken into the union for, for matters of security. Uh, because, you know, once, once we're a state, the, the U S army will, will protect us. Yeah. And that's what happened. But we'll, we'll talk, we'll talk more about that when we talk about the Mexican war, because that's a, that's a fascinating period. Uh, but, but that's, that's an essential uh, fact that, that, that I think a lot of Texans are are never taught right. that we that we didn't in fact win our independence at, at at San Jacinto because the Mexicans never recognized the Republic of Texas as an independent nation. Uh, Great Britain does, mm-hmm. uh, France does, uh, the Netherlands do, mm-hmm. uh, the United States does, but but not the country that matters, not 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 Mexico. Yeah. Well, I mean, I guess. Uh... I didn't really, despite the fact that they didn't see it that way, it didn't change really uh, the outcome. Um, so, interesting. Yeah. Uh, man, Dr. Harden, this has been a thoroughly engaging I, – I, I almost I'm, – I'm, I'm thinking of like ways to write this out on, on the podcast of how to describe it. And it's almost like just about everything you need to know about the Texas Revolution. Yeah. yeah. And uh, Dr. Harden, we well, can't thank but, you but, enough. But another thing, but another thing I want to uh, stress uh-huh. is how much we think we know that's just wrong. Right. <laughs> and and I fall yeah. I fall in that category. Yeah. Well, you and Brian Kilmeade, would... <laughs> which, Har- oh, which is uh, Dr. Harden's do not, favorite do author, not I think. Get me, do not even get me started on that guy. <laughs> I know. I saw yeah. your review. <laughs> you saw my review. Well, that you know that. Okay. Uh oh, because I have that book. I haven't read it yet, but. Uh, uh well. Maybe yeah. you're, you're better read off. Read my review oh, you do. All right. I, I won't read it then. <laughs> So, hey, Dr. Harden, once again, thank you so much uh, for hey, the time. Hey, this has been a blast. Oh, yeah, yeah. I don't know. This, yeah, this has, been, this has been great fun. Well, hey, it's been like Alan and I, while you've been, you know, talking and explaining, we were looking at each other like, wow, yeah. uh, didn't, like, I, you know, it changes, changes your perspective on, on a lot of stuff. 
Um, and yeah. so thank you so much for one, uh, coming and joining us on this show Two, continuing to teach, you know, ongoing generations. And, at uh, it's, it's McMurray, I believe McMurray. Yeah. McMurray university in Abilene, Texas. Right. Um, and then just all the work that you you do. Um, six books. Ladies and gentlemen, you can find his work on his website, Stephen L. Harden, S-T-E-P-H-E-N-L, and not spelt like James Harden. So it's H-A-R-D-I-N. Uh, so you can go check out his work. And uh, if you want to read that review on the new Brian Kilmeade book, um, yeah, Where's go, that? go for it. It's on, it's on his website. website. It's on website. Oh, it's yeah. on your website. Yeah, yeah. Okay. a line in the bland. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> nice little play on yeah. words there. Well, I do hope that you, uh, you you come up with a revised uh, edition of the uh, Texian Iliad. Yeah, I would yeah. Love second edition to... would be wonderful. Well, listen, I've, I've thought about that now for years. I got a and, perfect name uh, for it. The Texian Odyssey. <laughs> No, stay it'll stay get the it. same. It'll yeah, be it. it'll be Texan Elliot second <laughs> so edition. You know the audience. Uh, yeah, hey, we got yeah. it. Yeah. I, hey, look, you know we're... you know what? I have to show my erudition in some way because today I feel like I learned a bunch of crap <laughs> that I learned a bunch of stuff that's not true. So I have to make up for it in some way. Beautiful, beautiful. Well, Doctor Harden, we hope that you had a good time, and uh, well, I did. And let's uh, let's do this again. Soon. You got it. And let us know when you're in the area, and we'll go. Um, and we'll go to San Jacinto, or that would San be Jacinto. because I I tell you, well, you know, I'm I'm not going to be the pronunciation police. They're, they're, hey, they're hey, both correct. You know, hey, you know hey. tomato, tomato. <laughs> you know, I you know, but uh, yeah, and uh, that that would be. Uh, I, and, and I tell you, once you walk that ground with me, you'll never look at that battle the same way. We, we will definitely awesome. have to uh, film it. So yeah. no, we will. Yeah. No, sure. So yeah, wear wear your Sunday best. <laughs> uh, well, I tell you what, no, where where any time, and I make this recommendation to anybody that goes to uh, walk that ground. Uh, be sure you have on your mosquito repellent. Mm. Oh, it's right because it's a swamp. Mm-hmm. It is a swamp, okay. and it was in 1936 too, which yeah. a lot of people forget. So. Okay, well, uh, we're uh, we've been honored. Uh, I have loved this, and I'm going to tell a lot of people about this one. Yeah. So. so, awesome! All right, ladies and gentlemen, uh, that is the end of the conversation with Dr. Harden. Dr. Harden, thank you again for being on the show. My pleasure. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that is it. That is the end of part two of our conversation. Thank you again, Dr. Harden, for joining us on the show. A <sighs> lot of stuff there. A lot. A lot of stuff. I hope you're taking notes. And, you know, there was so much more that we wanted to discuss. So uh, much more. Not just pre-1836, but also what happened between 1836 and 1845 when the Mexican-American War began, what led to it. But... He has so much knowledge, so much mm-hmm. information that uh, we decided that we're going to have him on for another show sometime in the future. And I feel good about this because I feel like if somebody comes up to me now mm-hmm. and asks me, you know, about Texas history and, you know, the whole skirmish between Texians and Mexicans, I'll be able to answer those questions yeah. thoroughly. Yeah. So that, that makes me feel better. And I hope, uh, ladies and gentlemen, whoever was listening to both of these uh, parts, 
you you feel the same way, yeah. right? And and I like especially the fact that when you know we briefly mentioned about the Tejanos and uh, how you know the Tejanos and the Texians they fought shoulder to shoulder. Yeah. Um, you had once again. Once again, you had uh, uh, was it uh, Lorenzo, Lorenzo de Zavala? De, de Zav- yeah, Zacala or Zavala? Zavaca? I think it's Zavala. Ah, I don't remember. But he was like yeah. the first vice president. Right. Uh, he was a finance minister for Mexico, but he was a federalist, and he believed in a free Texas. He's the money man. That's right. All right. Uh, Alan, where can people find us? They can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. We also have our very own website, www.thesonsofhistory.com. You can also find us on the Epic Times, as we are both uh, columnists. Yeah. Two handsome gentlemen. That's right. Writing for the epic times don't miss out well okay i mean if you miss out what you know what's worse that can happen all right ladies and gentlemen that is the end and happy texas day independence day revolution day all that stuff all of it all right see you later everyone